Welcome back to Things of Gold, a snarky puppy podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. My name is Ryan Storm. And I'm Megan Glyona. And we are back today for the Big Ten, episode 10. Wow. With a crazy show to commemorate episode 10. Uh, Totally done on purpose and not just coincidental time. (laughs) Exactly. We're masterminds. It's good. Uh, We are journeying deep into 2019. We are at September 28th. 2019 at the Music Box Village in New Orleans. This is a, there's a lot to talk about uh, in this show, um, but before we dive in, you know, let's talk about what Snarky Puppy is currently doing in real life uh, at the time of this recording. You know, it is, it is July. They are on the European Festival Circuit. Uh, you know, following the band members on Instagram is kind of crazy because you see like. You know, they, they like will finish the gig and then have a three hour drive to a hotel and then they'll get to the hotel at 3 a.m. and then have to get up to go to the airport at like 530 to fly to the next gig, which, you wow. know, sometimes it's like two flights and a three hour drive. Like it's 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 a crazy schedule for these few weeks that they're over there. Yeah. And they do this, you know, every summer, every time they yeah. tour during the summer. Right. It's like and it's not like they just take the rest of the year off either. Like These these guys right. are hard workers, you know. Yeah, l- luckily they get August off, uh, you know, before the big uh, North American tour in September, uh, which I'm very excited to be seeing two, hopefully three shows on. I might be going to St. Louis now. Uh, wow, St. Louis. There. That's yeah. fun. Uh, and, you know, and, and two shows out in Colorado, which are going to be awesome. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to keep seeing them. I am surprised uh, that we do not have a, a fall European tour announcement, you know, November, December-ish. Uh, you know, something that could like maybe work around off nights of Goose European Tour. <laughs> I knew you were trying to think about this. Do you think the, Do you think it'll happen? Do you well, think it, it, it usually does. There's usually, uh, you know, October, November tour, something around those lines. Um, so I don't know. I feel like this is late for an announcement, but yeah, I feel like it could happen. Uh, I- That'd be so sick to see them over there too, just to see yeah. like how different it is and like, you know, the vibes. Like, I think that'd be incredible. Yeah. And I, I think I'd be very surprised if their touring year ends in mid-October, you know, like that, that yeah. just doesn't, doesn't seem like something they would do. Usually, you know, in 2019, for example, you know, they did this, the, the beginning of the year, they started in April with like some shows in Japan, Australia, whatever. And then they came to the U.S. in May, did like a, a month long U.S. tour and then the Europe summer festivals um, and then August off and then September again, different parts of North America. Um, ending in early October, and then Europe end of October through end of November. So, wow, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but but they're busy. Uh, I would, if anyone here has not seen the video of Eric Gales sitting in with them on Take It um, from the other day, I think it was at Pori Jazz in Finland. Um, I mean, you know, you know, it's it's so good when like Justin while he's playing takes out his phone and videos like three minutes of the guitar yeah. solo. Exactly. It's so good. He also, uh, he, he, you know, pans the camera around to the rest of the band briefly and just happens to catch one of Larnell's toms just falling over. So in great. In the middle of the song. Uh, so it's great. So go, go check that out uh, on Justin's Instagram if you haven't seen it yet because it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I love following them along and seeing what they're doing. They just seem so enthusiastic and kind of inspired. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, they did the full horn section over there in Europe for the first half of the tour, um, which is, you know, a a rare and excellent occurrence. Um, You know, we got a nice surprise live stream from uh, Jazz of Yen in France, uh, which was nice, you know, to get a full show, uh, you know, with with pro shot video and audio and and all that stuff uh, from this lineup. So... That's cool. You know, I, I've posted one clip, uh, probably more by the time this episode comes out, uh, but I will be sharing moments from that show because it's a great show. So great. Yeah. Well, let's let's turn back the clock here. Let's head back to 2019 uh, to this very, very, very unique show for a lot of reasons. Uh, venue, lineup, set list, the way songs are played, etc. cetera. Uh, for those of you who, if you're listening to this episode without listening to this show first, Please stop right now and go <laughs> listen to this show um, because that you just it needs to be heard to be believed, you know? Yeah, it's very different. It's very different. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with the venue. And even at the end of the show, Michael comments on that. He said, 
you know, this is such an interesting place. It's a challenge. And I imagine because they are, you know, in different spaces. Mm -hmm. And so the way that it's set up, if you've never looked at venues of the Music Box Village, you have to, if you're listening to this, it's incredible. They call themselves an ongoing experiment in musical architecture. So it's an outdoor musical garden and it has like 16 or more little musical houses. So it's an interactive art site and performance space. And it's designed by the New Orleans Airlift, which is like an artist-driven initiative. It seems really interesting. And the musicians are set up in these little kind of like tree houses across the property. And so usually, you know, this band is used to being tight together with Michael kind of like giving all these visual cues. And I imagine it must have been so different in this experience because they couldn't do that. And the stage setup was really interesting. The horn section was set up in a shop underneath a massive chandelier. The guitarist played from a balcony. The organist took the stage and the drummer was in the kitchen, which was like a musical treehouse completely composed of pots and pans, which yeah. definitely you can hear throughout the show. Very much so. It sounds like uh, Jameson and Keita both have wild and crazy uh, additions to their setup. And it sounds like yeah, it's not just them playing percussion throughout the show. You know, I, I think there's, yeah. there's other people hopping in and out. Um, you know, also what's interesting, I'll just go over the lineup really quickly. Uh, we have Bob Reynolds on saxophone, Chris Bullock on tenor sax, flute, and alto flute, Mike Maz Maher on trumpet and flugelhorn, Justin Stanton on trumpet and keyboards, Bobby Sparks on keyboards, Michael League, bass and guitar, Jameson Ross mm. on drums, and Keita Ogawa on percussion. But Ryan, you may be asking, where's the guitarist? Well, uh, sadly, <laughs> you know, adding to the already weird nature of this venue and how this show was going to play out, um, Bob Lanzetti, unfortunately, uh, hurt his back uh, that, that day. And so had to miss this show. Um, and so there's no guitar. So that affects, you know, obviously the overall sound of the band and the set list choices. Um, mm. and so Michael decides to pick up the guitar on uh, a couple of songs, which, you know, then Justin covers all the bass on synth. So it's, it's really, really cool. And, you know, we'll get into that, uh, immediately, but this show blew me away the first time I heard it, you know, th this was, in 2019, obviously, Michael wasn't writing out the the lengthy setlist notes. Uh, and so you wouldn't get that vibe just by looking at it on LiveSnarky.com when you go to buy mm -hmm. the show. You just see the setlist and the lineup. And so I was kind of like, you know, it's the only binky from 2019 that's recorded. You know, there were two other versions played during the summer European festival circuit. Um, but this is the only version available for purchase on, on Live Snarky. Uh, I believe there might one of the European ones might be available, but it's the, you know, Ganawa one, which is weird um, in its own way. <laughs> but this one, I was like, you know, the, okay, this is like a weird set list in a lot of ways. Like it's, it's six songs, no encore, um, you know, and it doesn't show you the track lengths or anything. And so eventually I was like, okay, like I, you know, I got to hear this, this one banky from 2019 and see what it is. And so I, I downloaded the show and then I, I looked at the timestamps and I was like, okay, 22 minute binky 20 minute chavi like what what is happening here um and you know they, they list bob lanzetti it's kind of a red herring they, they list bob lanzetti as being in the show notes um on live snarky and so you know you go into it and i was thinking to myself the whole time like i don't hear the guitar and then it threw me off during chavi when you can hear the guitar but i was like what's going on here um, and so, you know, eventually when I, you know, put more of the pieces of the puzzle together, I was like, wow, like, this is the craziest show ever. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's like perfect for someone who loves jam bands like yeah. me <laughs> because it's super experimental and there's psychedelic moments and it's very risky and free sounding in a way mm -hmm. that is, you know, this band is so tight and, you know, they still sound tight, but they sound like looser in a way that I think you just can't replicate unless you're in, you know, the circumstances just led to that, you know, like you were saying, like Bob not being there and then being in separate spaces. Like there's just this, these added elements that kind of like throw a wrench in the normal snarky puppy vibe. And it's right. just, it's in a great way. Yeah. Yeah. The, my whole ulterior motive for starting this podcast was so this show could be on nugs <laughs> so I could send it to people. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, it worked. 
Yes, yeah. <laughs> it did. All right. Well, well, let's dive in here uh, with this with this massive twenty two minute binky. This is my favorite part of the show. You know, the opener, mm. the first twenty minutes. Um, I mean, obviously, this is your favorite song. It's it's an amazing yeah. song. It's this is the first binky song. we've heard since episode two. It's we been a really long then? time. Oh no! Since uh, since the massive thirty two minute one uh, from South America was that episode seven? That was episode seven. No, nope, episode to go though, right? Episode six, episode seven. Yeah. I think it was seven. Uh, let's go with seven. But whatever the the Uruguay episode was, that was the last binky we had, and so it's it's been a few episodes. Uh, and this one is not obviously like any binky we've ever heard before. Immediately from the get go, like if I were at this show and they got on stage, you know, in these weird tree houses, and then just started making haunted house noises, I'd be like, okay, like what is going on here, right? And you'd be psyched. You'd yeah. be so excited. Yeah, because there's like this spooky feeling and it's like you can hear kitchen pots clanging. It feels like you're in like a deserted house out in the prairie somewhere mm -hmm. and there's like an alien spaceship landing. It's just really cool. Super vibey. Yeah, it's it's and then Bobby and Justin kind of seep in yeah. on the keys, you know, Justin swelling the volume on the roads and Bobby uses a lot of Moog on this show. You know, in 2019, there was the, there was whammy clav everywhere, which there's a lot of whammy clav in this show as mm -hmm. well. But there, he uses the Moog so well in this binky and just the way he just adds into this, this, this really long intro is just so, so cool. There's like vibraphone happening and it, the horns kind of add to the textures and it's just like, you know they're not rushing into the song they're just like no. i don't know exploring this this setup and and the way that they were and i so wish there were pictures if anybody listening was at this show uh if you have pictures of this show or video of this show please send it to us uh because yeah. I'm, I'm dying to see what this looked like I think you're right. There's a patience to this whole entire show that really stands out. And yeah. even when the horns bring it in and like the crowd goes nuts, that it's still really patient because they're like slowly easing into it. It's like this sultry, humid feeling. It, it feels like New Orleans in a way. Mm -hmm. I think they really like met the moment of being in New Orleans. It's cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure Michael was also playing percussion uh, at the beginning of this Moog, uh, at Moog, at the beginning of this binky. <laughs> Um, because there, there's a distinct lack of bass for a while, you know, like yeah. textual or otherwise. And so I'm pretty sure, you know, knowing Michael as a musician and how he's just like all over the place, you know, like yeah. I, I, I was like, Ooh, like extra percussion, like, okay. You know? And so it, it works really well. Um, and then, you know, then, then they just bring in the song, as you said, like very smoothly, um, you know, the horns skip to the B section instead of dropping into the song again, which is kind of interesting another thing this show is probably the sloppiest snarky puppy show i've ever heard um you know there are a number of like a couple of like missed cues or you know different timing which also you know they're not all on the same stage right i don't yeah. know how well they could like look at each other or michael could cue different things to happen i don't think you can like if you the pictures yeah. that i have seen of the venue 
it's they're very kind of scattered. They're not even like lined up or in any sort of way that you could like make eye contact necessarily with everybody. Mm -hmm. So like, I think he probably couldn't conduct the way that he usually does, which is super challenging, but I think leads to this kind of loose feeling that that I'm really into. I don't know. Yeah. I like sometimes, you know, being the kind of fans that we are for the bands that we like, like sometimes messy is is magic, right? And so like this, I think messy is magic. I like Yeah, that. adds to that. Like there's a a looseness and a messiness that I think is it pays off. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And so we we move into the first solo here, which is like again that just spacey vibe, and and what Bobby does on the Moog here is just amazing. And then it's like mm. you know it's like starts off as a solo, and then it's like wait, it's not a solo. They're just continuing this like this like jam, you know, that they were doing, and Justin's doing cool shit. This is really like this this part like everyone else is. is playing amazingly but this is really just justin and bobby just doing yes. incredible keyboard shit oh my god the tension between the keys and the percussion is just so good here and i remember when i was reading about how the percussion was set up and i like looked at the pictures of the venue i knew that they were just going to be on point during this show <laughs> like yeah i'm like oh there's like hanging pots and pans for them like this is going to be next level percussion shit yeah. yeah like this is definitely them so you know they were having like a blast during the show 100 yeah. percent and just as, as this goes, then like just Bobby just goes to space. You know, we talked mm -hmm. about a lot in the last episode, uh, you know, the, the the Japan episode, how much Bobby was just obliterating the universe on Moog. And he kind of does that again here. Uh, it's just... It, it's, it's a spaceship blastoff. It's just, yeah. it's so good. It's so good. And then they move into the second solo, which feels way more like regular binky, you know. Mm -hmm. But the way that Moz plays his solos in this show... Um, the, his affected flugelhorn solos in this show, it's just so cool. He's got like, I think there's like a phaser or a flange or something on it um, that he doesn't use. It, there's some combination of effects that's very unique uh, to these shows. And it sounds amazing uh, on, on this solo. It's just like, it's weird. It's offbeat, it, which just, again, fits that vibe. Yeah, exactly. There's like a muted feeling to it, almost like a... Yeah, like afraid at the edges feeling. Mm -hmm. It works really yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, we get into the, the, the I always call it the floaty part after the yeah. second solo, you know, <laughs> where Justin brings in that melody, but Justin's just playing variations on it, you know, continuing that. We're going to extend every single part of this show that we can because fuck it. Um, yeah. You know, like it, everything is longer than normal. Um, you know, I know we, we've seen 22 minute binkies uh, on this before on a 32 minute binky, uh, but it's usually when a binky is that long, it's usually like, okay, they go into some P funk on the outro or, you know, like right. Sean is going to go into outcast. Like we heard in episode one, um, this is, you know, the outro is the least exciting part of this binky for me, which is, which is so out of character for this song. Yeah, and even for the show, like even at the end of the show, they do that too. Like usually they have such like a kind of triumphant ending when they like, you know, like don't want to leave the stage and the crowd's going wild. It's just totally different. And I wonder how much of it was intentional if they were kind of thinking, okay, like we can't conduct the way we usually do. We can't communicate. We're not going to be as like tight. Like let's be free form. Let's really like ride vibes. Like I, I would be so curious to talk to Michael about that and find out. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting, you know, the pick of the Binky opener, because again, mm -hmm. it's only the third version played in the entire year. They played 180 shows or something like that. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it's it's so many shows. <laughs> so many shows were played in 2019. They were on tour for seven months straight, pretty much. Um, and, you know, the songs that we get later in the show, all of them are in regular rotation throughout the whole year, mm -hmm. um, except for Binky. And so I think... You know, just just to speak off of what I know of the vibe and, you know, my limited conversation with Michael, um, like this feels like, a, you know, we're missing a guitarist. We're in this weird setting. You know, let's let's do Binky. I'm just sad they didn't yeah. play Quartermaster. <laughs> I know. What this feels like, that this the, feels only like show the show for song. This is the only song that we're missing from this yeah. show. Like we, this was a Quartermaster. Should have been the show. encore. Yeah, exactly. Damn it. You know, the, whatever. <laughs> can't, can't have everything. Can't uh, and then, so we, we get into Embossed next. Uh, this is our first time hearing this song, Immigrant's bonus track. Um, you know, before we get into the song, again, extended intro. Normally, this mm -hmm. song starts with these drums, but we just get Moz and Bullock 
just doing effects things over top of each other. It has this kind of klezmer feel to it, uh, which they get a lot when you get these dueling horns. Um, but it's like almost three minutes of just Maz and Bullock in their own corner in this venue, you know, where no one else <laughs> is, like just just playing. And it's I awesome. love that. I love the unhurried vibe of this whole, like the first two songs, especially. There's just like nowhere they need to be, you know? And when the drums kick in, it's so satisfying and they're really driving, which is such a nice compliment to this kind of relaxed vibe. And then you get into this like really spacey, super cool, intense section. I really like this song. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. And so, yeah. you know, I don't actually. I don't think we're going to hear it again in the series, but it's it's a really cool song when you have because the it's also the guitar is usually such a focal point of embossed. Like it's it's there are guitar solos a lot of the time. You know, if you go back to spring twenty nineteen, you know McQueen is taking the solo on almost every version, um, and oh, wow. so it's really cool to hear Bobby step in on the Moog instead of guitar, and it's it's again that that gritty tone mm -hmm. you know there's there's that that the spacey quality to it but he just dials it in and just like just rips uh on the mode and it, it's awesome it's awesome Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, Bobby is, is taking these guitar parts, but this song, again, just like in the intro, it's the Maz and Bullock show. You know, that they, they both kind of go back and forth uh, on on the outro. Uh, you know, not on the outro, sorry, on the solo section. Um, and it feels like, you know, is Michael playing percussion again? You know, Justin is, <laughs> Justin is playing very heavy synth bass. And, like, where's Michael? <laughs> I really want to know like where he was and where he, where everybody was set up, you know, like how he was set up and who he yeah. was with. Cause it doesn't say in anything that I've read about and I would just love to know where he was, but yeah, the percussion is so layered in this whole entire show. So he, he's definitely must be on it. Cause it sounds like there's like 25 drummers at some point. Like, right. it's like exactly. It really does. Like, yeah, it's, it's not just two of them. A hundred percent. Like Mike, Michael has to be jumping in a percussion. You know, there, there's a lack of bass in sometimes and there's a, you know, there's too much percussion for him to just be playing. You know, I wonder, you know, is, is I assume a venue like this, like there's percussion everywhere. And so, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe the horns are playing percussion at sometimes when they're not playing, you know, like, yeah, exactly. And anything could happen. Anything could happen. Anything can happen at the music box village. It's just, you know, it's, true. it's a wild place. It's I, I really want to go. Yeah, I know. Right. I, right? I want Snarky Puppy to go. Listen, that would be so if Snarky okay. Puppy comes back we're, we're here, going. I'm flying to New Orleans. Like I, I don't, down. I don't care. <laughs> I don't if care when it there, is, what I have to do. Down. Yeah. We're going to go down and we're going to record live from there. So they better Perfect. do it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I will film the whole show. So, yeah, there's, exactly. so there's a record I'll, of it. I'll make Ryan get like a little a tripod out there and record the whole entire thing or just hold it up like I've been known to force you do before to hold up your phone with your elbow there. Go <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to Garcia's. Anyway, yeah. uh, we get Tarova next. Uh, this is probably at least in my listening to this show, uh, the most underrated track, you know, I, I was like, mm. oh, it's, you know, it's Tarova. I remember this being pretty similar to a regular Tarova. It is for the first little while, you know, mm -hmm. there's no, this is the first time we've heard in the episode, the 2019 uh, arrangement uh, of Tarova. You know, we heard it a bunch in 2017 and 2018 in it's older form. Um, but this one, you know, there's no Sean, no talk box on this. So you just get Bobby vibing out on the organ uh, on the intro, which is great. Uh, you know, I, I love this vibe. And then here's where things start to take a turn, you know, Bullock's solo, it just, and then as the solo unfolds, the grooves get sparser and sparser and sparser. Then it's a drum and sax breakdown. Then it's just a sax breakdown. 
and then it just stops. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just they're just breaking it down further and further and further. And it's so cool. You know, it's like so cool. Yeah. Especially how it comes out of like, you know, this song has such a confident, like happy swagger. Mm-hmm. And then to feel it kind of like disintegrate or it's not really the right word because it's more like they're taking pieces of it apart. And so it's like, it's kind of like just, yeah, like getting like less and less formed and it's just really good and soulful somehow. I don't know how they're doing it. It's really <laughs> interesting. I don't. Yeah, it's it's so cool. Uh, and then, you know, we get the percussion solo on the outro. Again, somebody's making the haunted wind sounds, which has to be a percussion <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Keita is, is soloing, so it's not him. Uh, so I, I wonder who it is, but... It's so cool because this percussion solo that normally is just a straight ahead percussion solo with this Tarova vamp happening in the background. Uh, you know, again, Justin, I feel like is the guy that always like pushes them in a jammier direction. Like, you know, yeah. what about me or uh, anything like that? Like he's usually the one that's hopping on synth bass, like playing off the soloist, whatever. And so he starts doing that again here. Uh, and the percussion solo gradually fades until it's a space. So cool. Kind of feels like the beginning to think um, and it's just it's, it's so good. the looseness and the like willingness to just stretch in this show yeah this is like my favorite kind of snarky puppy this when they like i like it when they're really tight and funky and then i like it when they're really loose and jammy like those are like shocker that's just like my favorite kind of music yeah. but you're, so, you're like not so surprised out of character for you, Megan. i know you're <laughs> like hmm really um but yeah it's just that's why i really love this show there's just this yeah especially in this piece like i love how they're willing to kind of go and allow the space to kind of fill in, which I think is is amazing because all of them are such incredible musicians that like when they do get quiet and when they do stretch things out, there's it's just magic. It's really incredible. Yeah. And this song doesn't end like it usually does. You know, it just gradually fades, which is so cool. They they don't bring it back to the to the proper ending. Uh, and so if there were a setless database for Snarky Puppy, there would be an unfinished <laughs> footnote on this to um, and then the beginning to Chavi is just so cool. Yeah. There's just that like one solo wood blocks and it's just like, and it just hits, hits, hits. And they don't, they don't rush that either. I love how that's just like the one sound you hear. And then it just stays underneath it when the band kicks in. It's like super cool. Mm-hmm. You can so hear it. And I, I'm so curious, you know, cause this Chavi is like, all over the place, like in terms yeah. of arrangement of the song, you know, so I, I'm curious how much they, they, did they practice it like this at soundcheck? Did they talk about like, you know, okay, Jameson, you're going to play the ending drum part before right. we start the song. Or is it just like, you know, fuck it. 
we ball, you know, like we're just, we're just going for it. I, I, I noted this as, as an inverted Xavi, which is probably a bit of a stretch, but like, you know, there's this percussion ending. Justin starts playing the baseline on synth bass. And then Jameson plays a bit of the ending on drums. And then they drop into the beginning of the song. It's crazy. It's, it's so weird. And oh, yeah, and this is where Michael is on guitar. I don't know. Right. Yes. You can hear that too. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's so weird. Like there's, there's so many things going on and so many things out of the ordinary on this song. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to process it all. We have a lot of questions about this show. Yeah. I feel like we need to do some like investigative reporting about the show and talk to the band because I'm very curious. Yeah. I think we need like, you know, one of the band members who was at this show uh, to yes. come on the pod and talk to us about it because there, there's, there's so much we need to know. <laughs> I bet they have a lot of funny stories too, because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, when Michael said it was a challenge at the end, like, you know, I don't know. I wonder if he felt like the show wasn't as successful as, as, you know, he wanted it to be or because it was harder for him to lead. I -hmm. think it was incredibly successful because I like this kind of music, but I wonder what they felt, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Like I I know there, there are probably fans who are like, you know, the tight jazz fans who probably, you know look at this show and they're like garbage. Like I, I saw yeah. some, some posts online uh, about this show and they're like, I went like on, on Reddit, I think they were like, I went and it was a mess. And it was like, you know, like, I can't believe wow. I paid for that. And it's like, it puts it in perspective how like, you know, people are going to a snarky puppy show expecting this tight musicianship and not yeah. this incredible level of experimentation that we love so much. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Right. That's like, so fascinating. It's all just like the lens that you're looking through, right? Like yeah. for bands like us, you know, our favorite bands, they walk the tightrope all the time, right? They take risks, Correct. they play like, you know, and they fall sometimes, right? When you play improvised music, you fall and it's, it's messy sometimes, like we talked about earlier, but when it hits, it's so incredible. And so, yeah, for us listening to this show, this is like a gem. I think I told you before we, we started recording, this is my favorite Snarky Puppy show I've heard. I think it's mine because, too, yeah. Yeah, like, like we like this stuff. We like the mess. We like the – and it's not even messy. That's totally inappropriate to call it that. It is – this is so far from messy. It's just we like the looseness and the the risk-taking. Yeah. Because these guys are such incredible musicians. They can take risks like this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like if I, if I was at this show, like two minutes into Binky, I would have been like on the floor, like, you yeah. know, like dying of happiness. You know, like this, this, is, <laughs> this is like our dream for a Snarky yeah. Puppy show and what, what it could look yeah. like. Um, and, you know, I, I hope there's a circumstance that creates a show like this at some point again, because they're so good at improvising. In, yeah, they even really in this are. kind of setting where it's like they can't all over the map and yeah. there was no like probably no planning for how they were going to improvise these. You know, they were probably like Michael's like, OK, we're going to play Binky first. Let's go on stage and fuck around a bit before we play Binky. Yeah. And because each of them individually are such incredible musicians, they're able to and because of the, the jazz influence, it's like we're all going to suggest yeah. these ideas and, you know, something's going to stick. Something's going to be different. We're going to build it into the song in whatever way it happens. And that's so cool that, you know, they can do that because I feel like a lot of bands who don't improvise like this all the time would yeah. be like nervous going on stage. I'm, I'm sure they were nervous uh, yeah. a little bit. Um, you know, like we don't have a guitar. We're not looking <laughs> right. at each other, right? Like we're, you know, we can't we're talk to each other during the show. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and a lot of bands have like in-ears as well. And so, you know, there would be like a talkback mic, but they, they don't run in-ears. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's not easy to play like this. It's not easy to play improvised jazz music. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's really fucking hard. And so like not many people do it, you know, and these guys though are good enough that they can. And this show is a perfect example of that. And you see them exploring in a way that it's like, oh, I just think it has huge reward. Yeah, it's it's truly, truly incredible. Let, let's 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 get back into this Chavi here. Yeah, this Bob solo is gorgeous. He's just able to bring a sensibility to this solo and it fits so well with this song. Like, you know, usually he's got that like deep, rich kind of like soul, just sultriness. And this has like a looser, softer feeling to it. 
typical Bob Reynolds, he's just able to find the moment and meet it perfectly. I really liked this and I'm happy for the longer solo any day. Yes. hundred percent, hundred percent. Then Michael takes a weird guitar break after this. He's got like a bunch of effects on it. I, I'm not entirely sure what's going on, but he's just like fucking around. <laughs> which is the theme of the show. Um, you know, and like, I, again, I, I want to talk to them about this. I want to be like, you know, what, know. what are we doing here? What, what is this? forward moving like kind of train feeling almost yeah it's, it's really different yeah it's it's so cool um maz comes up again you know another solo from maz he's he's all over the show um but he takes another one on this kind of weird affected flugel mm-hmm. um sounds like he's dancing around little herbie hancock chameleon at one yeah, point it's really uh, nice pretty cool and again i'm thinking during the solo Michael put down the guitar and start playing percussion again because there's so much percussion happening. It's not just this, one person. There's no this way. This whole show is like a showcase of percussion and how expertly they can layer them. I mean, there are so many times in the show when you can just try to isolate the percussion and it's almost impossible. There's just so much of it. It's yeah. beautiful. So cool. Um, and then we get into the clap section, which we have done two immigrants episodes yet, and we have yet to hear like a 15 minute tutorial on how to do this clap, um, which sadly we are going to hear in the next two episodes, um, <laughs> just eats like a big chunk of the set. You know, you look at like the time and it's like, oh, 24 minute chunks. Like, what are they doing here? And it's no, it's a 10 minute chunks and then 14 minutes of Michael explaining how to do the polyrhythm clap to the crowd. That's hysterical. Yeah, this part, it's cool though. I mean, I like it without an introduction because it's kind of like trippy and it feels like you're in this like, I don't know, psychedelic like medicine ceremony or something because when the flute comes in, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's very cool. Like I love when they get psychedelic. It's my favorite. Yeah, and and the flute has that kind of spooky feel to it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when he does stuff with it that he doesn't usually do, obviously. Um, but then, you know, Justin's road solo comes in uh, pretty, pretty standard road solo, but I love the like bouncy lyrical quality uh, mm. to his Chavi road solos. Um, they're just, they're, they're excellent. Yeah. It's really nice when this comes in, just a great ending. Yeah. And then that ends. And then obviously, you know, we can't have the normal intro to chunks. We just, we can't, that that's not how this show works. You know, it, it, that's not what we're doing here today. Uh, and so Bobby takes, you know, a minute, Sets up the vibe a little on the whammy clap. Just some incredible sustain, uh, you know, make any guitar player jealous. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's easier <laughs> to, I'm sure it's easier to hold sustain on a, on a clav than it is uh, on a guitar. Cause you don't have to worry about like the angle in relation to your amp, you know, just right, like right. It, it's there, whether the sustain works or it doesn't. <laughs> oh, it's so like funky and meaty. It's just, ugh, this intro is Yes, please. It's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. It's great. And then Maz takes the main melody of the song because obviously no talk box. Uh, so, you know, he gets in. Sometimes, you know, uh, when Sean's not there and they play chunks, the melody feels a little lacking. Maz mm-hmm. dials in the right amount of effects here. So it's it, the notes are articulate and it has that power that cuts through the groove. Um, and so two thumbs up. I love this song. Yeah, I feel and like Bob Reynolds really again. kind of – Everybody kind of really stepped up in Sean's absence. You know, Sean yeah. is such a big presence in this band. And I feel like when he's not there, everybody else just fills that. And you, you know, I, I felt like when I first heard Sean on a show, I was like, every show is going to be missing him after that when he's not there. But it doesn't feel like that. Like they all kind of just step up and fill in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this Bob Reynolds all day long, most effortless player. He just makes it sound so easy, incredible. Just another example of uh, just another example of just sitting there hanging out for a while, you know. Like I, mm-hmm. I kept I kept waiting for you know the horns to come back in and end the solo, and it's like no, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep hanging out on this groove, you know. And yeah. then 
just when you think his solo's done. It's like, no, actually, there's a special guest that's going to come on stage. Like, Ma's just like, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> like, Nicholas Payton. You know, it's like, I wonder if there was, like, he was supposed to be there at the beginning of the song, or he just kind of showed up, and they were like, yeah, like, no, Yeah, you can almost hear him say, someone say like, yeah, he's here. Okay, great. And then like they they introduce him and it almost sounds like they're, they weren't sure if he was there or not. Like <laughs> it's, it's so great. But I, I thought this was cool. Like Michael's playing like some really super deep chord notes at like the end of this solo. It's like almost like angry and like clotting sounding, which is just mm. such a great juxtaposition to the solo. And you've got another like cool trippy effects, like, interesting psychedelic moment at the end of this song and i really like chonks and this is a cool version yeah it's also interesting another kind of you know the the loose moment or the missed cue where you know some of the band exits the solo and some people take a second to catch up you know so it's, mm -hmm. that's probably another casualty of not being able to see each other properly um but yeah you know they, they push through they keep going and we get chonks as it's meant to be with Bobby destroying the outro on uh, on Clav and yes. oh yeah never gets old this this uh, this chunks outro now it's so good and then there's another kind of like percussive intro to Tio Macaco right well I mean you know my feelings on this song uh, could I have done without it on this show absolutely am I surprised that it's in this show with all the extra percussion absolutely not you know that this yeah. was this was gonna happen. I didn't mind it. I felt like it kind of worked here. Like, you know, it's got that tribal beat. It's really like in the beginning, they're really like soft and kind of like flirting with the melody. And I then someone in the good. crowd is like, someone in the crowd is like, yeah, like gets really <laughs> excited. <laughs> I know. It's so great. Yeah. I mean, this show does not have a moment that's not like relentless and interesting. I feel, you know, you sometimes you get a, well, they'll play a song that's like really mellow and have like, you know, that gives you like a breather moment. There's not really one of those. And this whole show, the, the drums and percussion are just non-stop on fire mm -hmm. the whole show. It's, 100%. It's incredible. Shout out to uh, Jameson and Keita and probably mm -hmm. Michael. <laughs> yeah. And maybe somebody else. Who knows? Maybe other people. Yeah. <laughs> we need answers. <laughs> we have so many questions. We need answers on this podcast. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's Tio Macaco. And, you know, as, as you said at the beginning, you know, Michael thanks the venue after and was like, you know, challenging, you know, he introduces the band. Um, so he, he doesn't say like, you know, saxophone, flute and percussion. Mm -mm. So yeah, who knows? Who, who, knows? who knows what happened? Um, but you know, that that's the end of our nine twenty eight nineteen here. Um, pretty, pretty crazy, crazy show. I mean, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I really want to know like how they felt about this show. Like, I yeah. want to know if they walked off and they were like, God, that sucked. Or, you know, they walked off and like, that was fun. That was different. You know, I just, I'm so curious because right. I feel like they have really high expectations of themselves and the way that, you know, I've only seen them once, but the way that they, Michael leads the band is so tight. And like, I just wonder if this felt frustrating. Interesting. And I yeah, just want to tell them that it was really they good. They should do this more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, do this again, please. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, let, let's move on to our bonus track uh, for today. We're going to go back around two weeks uh, and have a very different lineup uh, on, on this one. But 915, 19, What About Me from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, 
Thank you to Jake Funkmare for videoing uh, this entire show from the rail. We appreciate this. Uh, you can check out uh, on YouTube, uh, and I will also link it in the post uh, about this podcast. But the the video uh, for the show and this what about me? You know, you get a nice perspective. Justin gets a solo for his birthday. Um, you know, they're they're excited about it. Uh, if you go back around twenty seconds before the song starts. Uh, you'll hear Sean trying to organize strippers for Justin's after party after the show. Stop. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty funny banter. I th- this whole show is great. Uh, you know, the only big ugly in 2019. Um, so you know, a lot to dig into there. Um, it's cool. But well, this what about me? Is it, this great. what about me? Is one of my favorite versions of the song ever. It's super sick. It's funky. It's super groovy. I love how Michael's like, give it up for Justin's, you know, your neighbor. And like, right, you know, he's from North Carolina. Tennessee, yeah. 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 And I was like, I was down in this actually neighborhood of, of Charlotte, North Carolina last week. And it's, it's just a really cool hip place. And I love imagining Snarky Puppy playing there. This must've been so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And this is cool because it's one of those, what about me's where it's not just a solo, but you get the whole band jumping in on a bit of mm-hmm. improv before they hit back into the vamp. And so Justin starts this theme. Uh, you know, we talked about it in episode six, um, you know, spring 2017 show. Uh, I believe it was the Rochlav Poland show uh, where Justin kind of plays this riff during his What About Me solo. And I, you know, I mentioned like that's going to come back in this one. And that that mm-hmm. riff is the focal point of this jam that they get into. You know, he's playing around on the Prophet with a very bassy, synth sound for a while starts adding in roads and then gets into this lick and you can see in the video you know throughout the solo michael was sitting you know in bobby's rig just kind of like watching justin play and just enjoying then he really starts vibing uh you know when when justin gets into this groove jt and nate hit into this like house vibe um amazing amazing percussion uh amazing part yeah they're so tight they're killing it it's so good and watching Justin in the video of this is pretty is pretty special. Like, yeah, he moves. He is all over the place. Like he plays with his whole body. It's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So everyone gradually comes back in. You know, you get uh, you know Bobby comes back out on the clav. Sean adds some Mellotron. You know, when Michael starts hitting in, you can really feel that bass coming through extra extra punchy, um, and it's really cool. And then they get into the vamp. Uh, you know. Justin kind of takes a couple of measures to, you know, he's thinking about like what he wants to do on the vamp. And in that interim, Michael does some really cool fills. So you can see on the video, Justin's just like, go, like, you know, take the solo. Yes. Uh, and so Michael takes the rest of this What About Me. Uh, and, and it's awesome. You know, we don't get Michael bass solos uh, on this scale very often, you know, especially a, a, a Michael What About Me is exceedingly rare. Um, but this, this is awesome. You know, he, he delivers, you know, Bass is a hard instrument, especially with a vamp of this like high energy. It could be hard to cut through um, and be, you know, the focal point as the soloist, but he does it. Oh, he nails it. It's so good. It's really good. It's thrashing. It's powerful. Like I, I really love that solo. I wish he would do more of them because he's sick. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, it's a drum solo. It's a what about me drum solo. We got some nice textures uh from justin you know bobby comes in a little bit uh towards the end there but it's it's just a great you know trash everything in sight solo from jt the best kind yes agreed (laughs) agreed and that brings us to the end of today's episode uh i i mean i just i i I love talking about this show i wish there were more shows like this for us to talk about because like i know It was really fun. I mean, this is definitely the kind of music I like. I like it when people play Dangerous, and they did, and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, next episode, two weeks from now, we only have two episodes left uh, in this season, which is kind of crazy. You know, we're almost at the end of 2019. Um, It's hard to believe. It's it's you know, like I know it's like six months by the time it's over, but like you know, it's in terms of doing these podcasts, it's felt pretty fast. It's flown by. Yeah, yeah, it's been really fun. It's been great. And so next episode, we'll be heading to Europe once again. Uh, you know, for our last two, we'll be part of this end of 2019 Europe tour. Our first one is October 26th, 2019 uh, in Hamburg, I want to say. Uh, Hamburg. Hamburg. 
It's not Hamburg. Hamburg. It's Hamburg. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I for think being, that's uh, how, I mean, it's probably North American. totally differently in Germany, but that's, that's right. how, when I saw fish there, that's how I pronounced it. Just a little flex there. Right. Okay. Oh, when, when you saw fish in Europe back in the day, um, <laughs> you know, before I was alive. Um, but we're going to go over there. We're going to have our first two guitar show since I think episode four and our only one where it's Mark and McQueen together. Ooh, fun. Uh, That's so going to be good. Really cool lineup. Also unique. Justin and Sean as the only two keyboards, uh, you know, this, this end of October, early November leg before the Royal Albert Hall show was the only part of 2019 where Bobby was not on tour. Um, wow. so you hear all these songs that have so much clav as the focal point, you hear them with it, with a different lens, you know, because Sean is covering those parts on Moog on Talkbox. Justin's covering some of them. The guitars are covering some of them. Um, so it's, it's really cool. And I'm really excited to dive into this show. Uh, I absolutely love it. There's some unique soloists on songs that we haven't heard in a little while, but that's a story for episode 11, uh, which, you know, we'll see you for that. Or we will, we will talk about it to you. You will hear us for that <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, in between now and then, you know, breaking the fourth wall a little bit, we're going to go see a lot of fish. Um, and a I'm, lot. I'm excited about that. I'm really excited too. We'll yeah. be, we'll be taking a lot of photos together and, and, and texting each other a lot about fish. Yes. And talking about yeah. it in real life. And if you in like fish life. and you want to hear us talk about fish, uh, go check out HF pod. Uh, Megan is on there every day after a fish show. Um, and I weasel my way on a couple of times because when we're lucky enough to have you. Oh, thank you. Cause I have, yeah. uh, I, I'm very needy and I need to podcast about music <laughs> or I'll like die. <laughs> uh, well, thank you everybody so much for listening uh, to this episode of Things of Gold. Crazy that we made it 10 episodes in already. Uh, and we really appreciate all of your support uh, and listening to us ramble about music because it's a lot of fun. We love doing it. We do. Thank you so much, everyone. See you soon. Bye.